Western Conference Podcast. Your boy, Big Body Cisco here. And today's a special day because I have one of my lifelong friends in building, but you guys know him all across, but we're going to get into that. Shout out to my brother, Brand One. What's going on, brother? What's good? You know, this is a long time coming because we've been friends for a long, long time. We won't say, we won't show our age there, but you've been doing a lot of things in the game. And I said, B, it's about time you come on the show. Because we already have Mike from Savs in here. Yep. And right when we did that, I said, we definitely got to get you on here. But introduce yourself to the Western Conference family. Uh, Brandon Murillo, um, Mojo Brandon on Instagram. And um, I just do a lot of stuff, I guess. See, so and I'm th- told. And so this I'm told. is the thing. When, when he says a lot of stuff, I don't think you understand how much stuff he's done. If you've been following me over the years, a lot of things that you know that I've been involved with, Brandon has been a big part of it. Talking about from him being my manager, him, I mean, all the stuff we're going to talk about. we got to get back to day one because right. this is definitely a place that we want to start our story on how you even got to where you are at now. So give right. us the ground, the, the grassroots on how the beginning of Brand One started. So I was born at a very young age. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> so, um, I mean, it goes back to me. Growing up in San Francisco, and I feel like just being kind of more of a product of the city yeah. and not knowing what I was going to do. Um, I used to always trip off like, am I going to be successful or am I going to be a bum? But enhanced product. When you say product of San Francisco, enhance what that consists of. Because I think people, when they said, oh, you can be a product of San Francisco, but on your kind of aspect of it, what was you being a product of San Francisco that at that time? I mean, you got to understand San Francisco, when I was younger, when we were younger, we were really raised out on the streets. Yeah. Um, parents weren't really as active in our life as we are now with yeah. our kids. So we were just out, out, you know, during the day and just back by sunset, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so I was out and I was in a neighborhood that had a lot, a lot of other people like, you know, my age. Yeah. Um, but it was great. Like, I got to see... Um, some great uh, sports in my city. I got to be exposed to a lot of different cultures. Um, but we were just out in the streets, and I think being out in the streets is exactly what you think about that, yeah. is you can get into a lot of different things. But rep the street you was you grew up on. Well, I grew up um, in the Outer Mission. So yeah. I grew up near up, up above uh, Geneva Mission, but it's called the Outer Mission. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was great. Because this great. is where all the game starts to come in. Okay. I mean, this is everything you're starting to soak up because we don't know where we're going to be at this age and time, right? Yeah. We're just trying to just survive in a city that, you know, I mean, we got everything, we got every nationality. That's what was good about San Francisco, too. You had everybody from Samoans, Filipinos, Asians, whites, all over in the city. So the diversity definitely helped you with what you were doing as well, right? Well, definitely. I mean, it's it's funny because everyone looks at me and they think I'm I'm Filipino. Yeah. What I think. Uh, yeah, right I, from the I, gate. I have some Hispanic background <laughs> or whatever, but I'm I'm basically a a true uh, a true mixed nut. I'm I'm yeah. I'm multi multi ethnic. Tell us what you are. So my father is half Hawaiian and white. Got it. My grandfather came from Hawaii to San Francisco. Yeah. My mother is full Japanese. Okay. But she's uh you know she was born in San Francisco. My parents met in San Francisco. So basically, I'm multiple, multiple yeah. cultures. Um, it's funny, though. Everyone thinks I'm Filipino. Which oh, from is, the gate. Which is, which is great. Yeah. Which is great. I, I have a lot of Filipino friends, and I know a lot about their culture. But yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm not Filipino at all. But growing up in, in such a diverse city and you being, you know, um, Hawaiian, you know, Japanese and stuff like that, too. How did that go into you growing up saying, OK, what am I going to do? What was the fork in the road for brand one to say, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Did it come early in the game or did that come later on as you, as you grew up? So I think my ethnicity had nothing to do with uh, 
not as much to do with it as you would think. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just more, like I said, being a product of the streets and not wanting to be a failure. Yeah. And maybe not to my parents, but definitely not to myself. Yeah. So um, I think it was maybe around, it was definitely after high school. I went to Balboa High School. And uh, people know Balboa now. It's a great, great school. Yeah, but, when but I was, back then. But when I was going there, it was probably <laughs> one of the roughest schools. Yeah. And this was around the time, just after a time where um, there was a lot of San Francisco gang violence going yeah. on. Um, the dope era. The dope era. Mm -hmm. Sunnydale, Hunter's Point. Um, this was right after Peter Lee getting, yeah. getting killed. So, you know, I went into an environment as a kid I knew nothing about. And, you know, I was, although I was on the streets, I was never a gangbanger. Yeah. I was never a tough guy. I was yeah. never nothing like that. So when I went to Bal, I just, I, I think you grow in your high school years. But to answer your question, I left Bal and went, I didn't want to go to City College. Yeah. So I ended up going to Skyline College. Fast forward, I'm still at Skyline four years later. Yeah. And I'm still a freshman. What was the decision making in you not wanting to go to City though? Because uh, if man. you're from San Francisco, City's where everybody went to. City College. I already San knew. I, I knew if I, went to San, if I went to San Francisco City College, I yeah. would just be with the people I was with at Bow, and I just felt like it wasn't gonna take me nowhere. Yeah, I mean, See, but I, at a young age, a lot of these kids today, you are who you you hang out with, who you are, who you grow up with. That had to be something oh, yeah. in you to say, okay, I'm not gonna follow the, the the crowd. I'm gonna go try to do my own thing because if I follow that crowd, I might be going somewhere that I don't want to be. I mean, to be but to be honest, I I still hung out with the same people. Yeah, the core, the the core people, and I met new people at the new school that were the same type of people. Yeah. So really, I didn't grow up then. Yeah. I think it was four years later, like I said, I was still a freshman. And, and um, what were you doing at Skyline? What was the major? Just to just get it over with? I, I, I was just there because yeah. I think my mom was like, you want to live here? You got to go to you school. You got to go to school? You you're not doing nothing else, <laughs> go to school. So I went to school. Yeah. So I did nothing. I just went there and I did what you're not supposed to do. I yeah. partied and, and, and found other ways to make money. See, I like you know? telling stories like this because there's kids out there at that transition stage where they are doing nothing. Where they're all like, oh, I'm just going to college just because I feel my like parents no, want to go to college. I feel like no kid at that age, at yeah. 18 to 21, no boy yeah. knows what the hell they're doing. Unless they had a baby early and they kind of forced to grow up. I wasn't Hi, guys, really, that was me. <laughs> I wasn't forced to grow up yet. You yeah. know, I wasn't forced to grow up. So I just did what I did. And I, I, I just kind of, I, I think that's where I, I felt like I became an entrepreneur even earlier. Yes. However I could, I demand, we didn't have money. Because of the independency? Because that's how you we didn't have we didn't have any money growing up. Yeah, but we had no money. I mean, um, my father wasn't around when um, from twelve on. Yeah, um, my mom was struggling. I remember she lost her job. She was working at Stonestown before it was a it was a galleria, yeah. and um, then she got let go of her, of her job, and then there was no income for yeah, I, I think a year or two. So you were forced to fend for yourself. Definitely. Yeah, there was no allowance. I didn't have allowance, even if we had chores. Yeah. Didn't mean I got paid for them. I was just expected to do what I had to do, right? But when people are in that position and they have to fend for themselves, at that age and at that point in time, we're not thinking entrepreneurship. We're no. thinking how to survive exactly. our current elements, our current situation. Exactly. So how exactly. did you do that being four years at Skyline just to go to Skyline? When did it click in you to say, okay, I got I to gotta do something? It was funny. I was, at, I, was, I was getting in trouble. Yeah. I think from 13 on, I was getting into a little bit of trouble before I was 18. Um, and then when I was in at Skyline, I think I was still making bad decisions. Yeah. I say bad decisions because I remember my dad, he was still, you know, around. He just wasn't living at our house. Yeah. And he left a note that said, you need to make better decisions. 
And I got mad because wow. I was like, hey, you're not even here. Yeah. What are you talking about? And I wasn't making That's decisions. I was, I was going with the flow. Yeah. Right? Your friends become your family and you kind of do what they do. You guys become this little, yeah. this little thing where you're uh, like-minded. Exactly. Right? You're like-minded and then you do these things. You are who you hang out with. Exactly. Yeah. So I think at one point um, when I was 21, I looked at myself. I was like, I'm going to be that bum. Yeah. I'm going to be that bum. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, doing good in school. I don't got nothing going for me. I, other people are going to graduate college. Yeah. Even though I really didn't want to go to college, I was using it more as a social thing. I decided at that point, I remember my dad, once again, was But say that again before we get into that. You used college as a social thing. And Definitely. I think, you know, with social media now, we didn't have it back then. People, kids these days, use school, I think, to use that as a social thing. And I'm glad you said that. But let's be honest, school, the major part of school and education is the social yeah, part. Yeah, Absolutely. Right? To learn skills is great. Yes. To learn skills in, in real life and actually use them in real life is the, is the important part. Yeah. So when you're going to school, you're really learning how to grow a network, do what you're told. That, and learning how good, to deal with good people. Which is good and bad. Yeah. yeah. Deal with different personalities and, 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 and just be able to learn how to be an adult. So yeah. it's kind of a transition year. I, I don't know if I require my kids to go to school, but yeah. I still encourage them to do it. See, and, and that's the thing with me. I, I have sons that are in school, and, you know, I was never the father that was like, you got to stay in school. Only because, I mean, we're different the way I, I raise my kids, and everyone's different how they raise their kids. I always thought school, and don't, don't quote me on this, people, when you guys hear me say this. I thought it was a waste of time, but I thought it was used for the socialness, for the it social is. gathering. And when my kids were there, I said, look, if you could find your passion early, and you, can, you know what you want to do for the rest of and this is my, my advice to my kids when they were growing up. Do what you want to be passionate about now because you're going to be regret doing all this school and have to go through all how, these how many, how many people find their passion that early? You're let's, right. Let's be honest. And that's exactly what my son told me. He's like, what's passion? <laughs> said, they don't know. They have no idea what passion is. I, yes. don't, I think as a boy, when I get back to it, I said, boys, 18 and 21, they don't know yeah. what they're doing. Absolutely. I had no idea what I was doing. But I knew I was, I was good at problem solving. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about math. Yeah, and you're talking just, about real life problems. Real life problem solving. Mm -hmm. I knew how to 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 um, basically uh, just continue progressing forward. Yeah, right. So when I was 21, I went to San Francisco State as a freshman. Yeah, after Skyline. After well, because you transitioned no, right over to. There it. was no point of going. Once you're 18, I think you can go wherever you want yeah. to go. Really. So my dad gave me a, a bulletin. Was like, hey, you like art, right? You like doing like I see you draw in your book and yeah. do all this graffiti stuff and which. I wasn't a graffiti artist, by the way. I knew a lot of them, and I hung around with some, but yeah. I, I wasn't a graffiti artist. And he was like, but you got to use computers to do art. That's the next big thing. So I'm dating myself, but this was at the beginning when computers was used to do artwork. Yeah. And um, I looked at it, looked at the program. It was called Conceptual Informational Arts yeah. at San Francisco State. It was an exploratory new major. So it was like new to the game. It was like a new This system. is new. This yeah, was yeah. trans... trans uh, you know, transferring from being the typical traditional graphic design to using computers to do. Yeah. So and that's you, basically what it was for those following at home. It was graphic design early in the game. It was it was using computers as a media medium to to do artwork. And um, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So but that's crazy like, how pops who wasn't really around. Yeah. To kind of say, okay, let me plant this seed. By the way, by the way, I'm really good friends with my father. Oh, I love I, I love pops. I, yeah, I love man. So, I love pops for, to the yeah. life of me. But so, like you know, when you're growing up. That seed was planted. Yes. That, and you, at that point, are looking for any kind of direction. Like, okay, let me see what this is about. Which, because this later on in, in the story, it gets bigger. But this 
early moment of graphic design being presented to you by Pops. Yeah. After you growing up in the city of San Francisco and just being a brand new class at San Francisco State, this is where the story begins. This is where the story begins. Yeah. And, and you got to realize that when you pick a major, you, you don't do your major till your third and fourth year. Yeah. So you're doing prerequisites for that. Yeah. And since I came from, from Balboa High School, which wasn't unfortunately a great school, yeah. did not get me prepared for, for college. I went to Sky, uh, Skyline, was not prepared, so didn't do well. I had to keep retesting to see what level I was yeah. to, to find out where I started. Yeah. So I would always start at the bottom of English and math, and I thought I was smart. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't smart. I found out later I was not that smart. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty smart, yeah. <laughs> but on the testing level, I wasn't smart. So yeah. I just started from the beginning, and I did my two years of uh, undergrad or whatever you call it, general ed, yeah. general requirements. At San Francisco State, I had to retake everything. I think I only had like eight or 10 units when I transferred. Yeah. But you know what's crazy is there was a, a, a lady there that was friends with my mom. They went to church together. And she knew that I was transferring there. And then so I get this call to come over to the office. I don't know if my mom told me or yeah. someone was like, this lady wants to see you. And I remember this day and she was like, go to her office She's gonna, at this time. And so I went there and she sat me down. She knew me as a little kid yeah. from being around. The and this church. is at San Francisco State. This is at San Francisco State. And she's like, Brandon, she pulls out all this, all these paperwork. And she's like, you have like D's and F's and you withdraw. And she saw everything in my college career. She just had your resume. She right had everything. Yeah. She had something to do with admissions and, and all that. She literally went into my record and erased everything. Oh, wow. I don't know if legally she was supposed yeah. to do that, but as a friend, to, she felt like she was helping yeah. me out. She said, she, she, you know, she asked me some questions, and then she erased it. She goes, this is now gone from your record. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Wow. You have a fresh start. Yeah. And so I was like, I already told you what I'm going to do. I'm really going to do this. And another pivotal thing I did that year was st stop smoking weed. Oh, wow. I was 21. I was smoking weed from uh, maybe... 13, I don't know, in, in middle school, I'd have yeah. this, but heavy in high school. So you was a straight weed head, straight I stoner. I was high every day. Yeah, yeah. Cypress Hill taught me how to roll a blunt on, the, uh, on their first issue of, uh, of a High Time. Yeah. <laughs> so you was a stoner. You was a stoner at San Francisco State. I was a stoner. You got a, you got a clean picture of health because you got a clean slate. Because I stopped smoking weed and I got a, you know, the clean slate in school. Yeah. So this was my second chance to do what I, I knew. And I not a lot of people get that. Exactly. Yeah. And you got it. Yeah. I mean, I think people do get it. I think, do they, do they take it for They don't what realize it is? what it is. Exactly, exactly. what you just we said. We all yeah. get it. Yeah. We all get something. There's always someone that comes in your life and that helps you out. And a pivotal moment is right because at that moment. You got to be ready to pivot though. This is where it starts getting good. And what happens after that? I mean, I go to school and um, I think, you know, high school was bad. Junior high school was horrible. Um, College started looking pretty good. I got into my major, which was arts, and, and they didn't really know how to teach it, but I did learn the basics of all these different computer programs. Yeah. But what I did do was I was like, I'm going to try to get a 4.0. Yeah. I've never gotten a 4.0 in my life. I was always like a C, a C, you know, C What student. was the reasoning behind you wanting to shoot for that? I mean. Because you had the clean start? Know, it's just something in me, right? Something yeah. that always tells myself to do the best you can. You know, I think when I had a clean head, I'm not smoking weed anymore. Um, some people say, oh, I, I can't function without weed. Or when I, when I smoke weed, that's when I do my best work. For me, it's, yeah. it, that's, that wasn't the case. Shout out to everybody smoking weed watching this episode like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> I'm, still involved in the, I'm still involved there, too. Now what am I going to do? 
but but you know so um you know i don't think i got the 4.0 but i got yeah. like a 3.83 or something yeah which is in college Still good in college that was my san francisco last, state you doing san francisco it. state yeah and i graduated with a degree uh, in a uh, bachelor of arts yeah in art and a week later i opened up my first office yes and i didn't even go to my graduation so and we're talking about when we're the grassroots of graphic design and now you're opening your first office now and now you're really in the independent game because now you're looking for office space you're looking for what you're going to do what was telling you how am i going to make money to pay for this office was it going to be well, your graphic I was graphic doing design? stuff to make money yeah, already absolutely <laughs> um which i was trying to transition out of and um you know i think i think this was something that i was like wow i got this degree which people need to know you don't need a degree to do art but it's good to have it's it's good to have because there always might be a possible glass ceiling over you because you need a degree to get to a certain level in a, yeah. in a corporation. I like how they said it's good to have. Like I had one. I don't have one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, art, say, artists, artists just have, you know, you want to get that skill. This yeah. is just the route I took. But um, I was I was lucky enough that I did have money at the time. And um, I had I had I had some people, the, a girlfriend at the time had. Um, a family and friends that were all entrepreneurs. Yeah. And these people were, were big in the city as far as um, the hip hop scene. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex, but, stay, but stay right there. Yeah. When you're around entrepreneurs, doesn't it change your mindset? Like you, like we just talked about it before. You are who you hang around with. You just said your girlfriend at the time had entrepreneur friends. Like if she had, just to say she had drug dealer friends, it probably would go the drug dealer route. But because... She had the entrepreneur friends and circle that kind of just kind of threw it into a loop in its own right, right? Yeah, I think I met a lot of the right people, and um, I mean to be honest, I wasn't hanging around these people. Yeah, I think they just knew who I was, and um, I think when I did graduate and the word got out that I was a graphic designer and I wasn't a good one. Yeah, um, I think people were like, "Hey, Brandon's a graphic designer. We should ask him." Yeah. So at that time, let me backtrack. Because it, actually, I started my company, my first company, Ram One Design, when I was in college still. Yeah. So I was at. Oh, so state. while you were at state. So when okay. I was at state in my room, my room at my mom's house when I was in my twenties, um, early twenties or what mid twenties, I started Ram One Design, and my clients would come to my house. That was the office. That was the office. Yeah. That was the office. So I had big clients back then. Yeah. Like I mean, I had some of the first nightclub promoters in San Francisco. Yeah. I had um, some of the first music executives in San Francisco at the yeah. time. I had some of the first clothing executives in San Francisco at the time as my clients. Yeah. Because I think I was just one of the few graphic designer people, that person that can use a computer to do graphics. Yeah. And they were told, we need this digital. We need this. So, you know, I worked with some, you know... Yeah, now this is where you start drop name dropping. You know that, right? Because <laughs> in podcasts, they always want to say, oh, who are you talking about? This is where you name drop because you're in the living room office when you're dealing with bedroom. rappers I'm and you're the... dealing with the promoters. Tell them who you was dealing with. So, I mean, I, you know, to be honest, I, when I got exposed, where I got introduced to, um, I'd say, Alex Aquino. Shout out Alex Aquino, and, man. And um, he, was, he was there at the very beginning, and I think he exposed me to a lot of people. So, yeah. um, And also Gizmo. Um, who was part of KNT started a clothing line called Sucker Free. Yeah. Wow. Back then, who um, also, you know, they were all kind of one family and they were super powerful. Yeah. Some Filipino guys that were just like, I, I don't even know why it matters what ethnicity yeah. they are, but they were huge in hip hop, not just in the Bay Area, but worldwide. Yeah. 
Um, so anyways, I got, I got tied in with them and, um, I think Alex Aquino and Lloyd Lewis were my first nightclub promoters um, as, clients. as clients. Yeah. And all I did was design flyers for them. Um, and, uh, I remember the first time Alex was like, Hey, uh, Lloyd Lewis is going to come by. Uh, he's my partner. We're doing this, uh, party called one love. And it's, the party got huge, and um, we need a new graphic designer. Yeah. So he came to my house, and he just had all this stuff, and he's like, I want to do this, 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 and that. And as I knew how to do graphic design, I just never did it at that level. Yeah. So I was kind of learning. As you were going along. And I was getting paid. Got it. So at that time, he was like, oh, how much do you charge? I was like, oh, I'm uh, 45 bucks an hour. Yeah. You didn't even know what to charge at I that point. I didn't know. You know, yeah. I was just, you know, and then what he did is he sat with me while I did the design. Yeah. So I think my way of thinking was... I need you to tell me what you want, and I want you to see as I do it so you get what you want. Yeah. Because that's, that's not always the case. That's You're not always going to be able to sit with a client and have them kind of say, oh, I want this here, that there, because you, like grassroots, we're talking about Alex Aquino's right over your shoulder. He's trying to tell you what you want on there. But now, the older you get, people are just saying, look, this is what I want on a piece of paper. Make it happen. Yeah, I think now what people do is don't even tell you what they want. Yeah. They just say, I know when I see it. <laughs> so those kind of clients, I, I don't, I, it, it's hard to get, when you say have a passion, that yeah. means you have fun doing something. It's hard to get having fun doing something when you're trying to discover all this stuff about them or the brand or them, yeah. or, you know, what they're putting out. Well, especially to put out what you're trying to do as a graphic designer. I'm a tool. Yeah. I'm just a tool. I'm Absolutely. a graphic designer is a tool mm -hmm. at this time. So I was a tool for everyone. Yeah. And brand one design was Brandon being a tool to get whatever's in your head out and put it on paper, or in it. this case, on a disc. Yeah. Right? So at that time, you know, Alice Kino and Lloyd Lewis, they were, they were big. You know, um, um, uh, Carl became Lloyd's partner. Or at that time, Carl was a partner of CNL, CNL Promotions. Yeah, shout out I CNL. Mean, these are San Francisco promoters that are still relevant to this day, and all these people are probably still relevant. Yeah. And at that time, um, I met Charles Kelly, um, and Charles Kelly was... Uh, was Starting a record label with San Quinn, who's a legendary San Francisco. Shout out Street Kid Street Chuck, man. Street, Shout out the fam Street right Red there. Chuck. And um, they were working on a new project, um, and that new project was Fully Loaded. Yeah. Uh, Fully Loaded is, uh, is, was some um, younger dudes from the Fillmore that started a group, and that yeah. was Big Rich. Don Torriano. Don Torriano. Yeah. Bailey. With Bailey. Right. Um, and shout out to who's currently with Nick Cannon right now. Yeah. Do, yep. And this just shows you the growth of where we're going with this. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he's with Incredible right now. And um, all these people are doing great things. But he would come to my house and we would work on album covers or flyers or yeah. whatever you would need. And and uh, so, so I was doing music and I was doing nightclubs. Yeah. And then uh, clothing, the, the, the Sucker Free. The girl I was with, I mentioned earlier, her brother did Sucker Free. Uh, Gizmo from KNT. Yeah. Um, Knuckleneck Tribe is a legendary dance crew that used And these to are staples in the yeah. San Francisco hip hop yeah. scene and, and clothing yeah, they're scene. They're a West well. Coast Zulu yeah. nation. I mean, it, they're, they're big in hip hop. And he was doing a clothing line uh, called Sucker Free. And yeah. he was like, hey, you can do graphics? I was like, yeah, what you want to do? And then we just, what you, not, what you then saw come out as Sucker Free, the clothing line, yeah. was designs that I created with assistance of him and, you know, other people giving input. But so, mind you, all these things that you do are doing at this point, these are all building up. These are all resume jotter downs for you to just say, okay, this is part of the story. Yeah, but at that time, I didn't know there were resumes. We yeah. were founders of all this stuff. Yeah. We were this founders. This is pioneer of, so, stuff. You know, this is pioneer yeah. stuff. So I didn't know it at the time, and I, I wasn't, like, getting excited, like, 
oh, I'm gonna work on a clothing line, or oh, I'm working. Obviously, San Quentin, you know, uh, GLP was huge at that time. Yeah. And I was a I was a big San Francisco rap fan, and you know, to be able to work with these guys was cool. But I was learning, and they were learning too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They weren't. Um, you know, everyone like, like that. That's what comes from the Bay Area. Everybody learned like on the curve. Yeah, the everybody learned game as it is, went along. Is is, is deep because that's where the independent came came from for us. Exactly, it was San Francisco hip hop scene. Exactly, and when you know this is me, this is where, we, where come where me and you were met. As I was a fan of San Francisco rap. I was a fan of San Quinn and and you know fully loaded and all that. And everyone would say, hey, what? In the flyers that we would see as patrons being in the club were like, okay, who did this? That, that's what I was always. Who did these graphics? So you know what I did that I felt like was very smart back then is I branded all the flyers with my logo. Yes. So I think at, up to that point, people weren't doing that. Um, and I made a logo for Brand One Design and I put on the side artwork by Brand One Come Design. Come on, B. I still use that to this day. Yeah. Branding was everything. So I was like, dude, who is this dude with the little logo in the corner? Which, you know, at this age, I don't know about logos and I don't know about branding, but I always, that stuck with me. Every flyer I seen, every flyer that girl gives me or something like that, it had that logo on there. And what I did is I put the logo, but then I put my phone number. Yes. So I put my phone number. I think it was my office number in, 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 at Alex Kino's warehouse, which was uh, in, in Colma. And it had a 650 number, yeah. and that was my number. <laughs> Eventually, I switched that to a website. But, uh, yeah, that's what I did on the flyers. And I, I, I shit you not, like I was probably doing 80% of all the hip-hop flyers. I remember, because so every, every, every nightclub flyer, every hip-hop flyer, it had the brand one design and the phone number. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it sticks me to this day, because with social media, mind you people, this is before social media. This is when you had to be hand-to-hand -hand flyer, mm -hmm. guerrilla marketing, where nowadays I put my logo on every morning message I have in the morning on Instagram, mm -hmm. because it comes from that. Exactly yeah. what you mm -hmm. just said. Every flyer I seen, it was your logo. So everyone's like, hey, how come you keep putting your logo? I was like... You know what my logo is now, right? Because yeah. you see it so many times. Yeah, branding is communica communication. Yeah. So if you can see something visually, that's communication, right? Visually, it could be visually, it can be audio. Take notes. You know, and, and this, these are some that you have to be repetitive at and be consistent. Yeah. And, um, you know, so those were my first entry into like, you know, what's funny is I told myself, if this, this doesn't work, you know what my out was? If this didn't work, I was... It was the plan so, B? Because I, did, I opened the office at... In, in coma yeah. right after college because I was like, I got to move out of the office, out of the house and do this in the office. And I was like, I'm going to do this for a year. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to teach English in Japan. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to teach you. So my, my brother had a friend. Hold who, up. Wait a minute. Listen. Where did this come from? So if, you would, if this wasn't going to be a successful business, you was going to just up Bounce and leave Japan. and be an English teacher in Japan? Exactly. Because my brother had a friend whose mom who had a program yeah. that they would they were like yeah you don't even need to speak japanese to go teach english out there and i was like wow and it's not like they offered it to yeah, me yeah, i was yeah. just like well i'm gonna reach out to them because i would love to go to japan and exactly and do who and does just, who wouldn't and it just worked I've, i actually haven't stopped since and that's what I i'm saying <laughs> from this day it takes us to where you're at now i mean that's when i had met you you were doing the club flyers but then you, we and you got together it was like okay if we're seeing these people already doing these club flyers we might as well just throw the party too so that's yeah, how you, you, <laughs> you want to know how I met Cisco? <laughs> Don't that's, not do how, it. that's not how I met Cisco. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right, let's tell them how Brand One and Big Body Cisco met. So, I, so at one point, I went from design. Same thing. If yeah. I'm if I'm doing design for for the uh, promoter, and I'm doing design for the DJ, and I'm doing design for the security guard company, why don't I just throw my own events? Exactly, because you just, had all the resources. I had already. all the resources, yeah. right? Yeah. So I just started throwing events and. Um, 
man, there's, you know, people come, you do the right music and you get the females there and people come. Well, you know, you got, you got great party patrons and then you have some that you're like, oh man, these dudes are coming. <laughs> they might fuck this party up, yeah. right? Um, Cisco and the rest of the family, it was now my family. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they would come and there always seems to be you know, a little tension when there these was a guys problem. Came. There was, there was, there a was problem. always a problem because you know, at, at that age, the, the club, your young clubbing days. You know, us. I mean, me and the brothers would go. We played football. We're just, you know, playing football at City College. We're going to these parties that Brandon was doing, and you know, we get a little alcohol in the system. And but look, 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 going back to it, you didn't. He didn't know me at that point. Yeah. So what happened was, I would do a party, and I, I maybe we're at Mission Rock, whatever I was doing, and I remember. I know security were like scared of you guys. And I remember Cisco would always be at the front, like we get yeah. in, in, in like this. And I think I pulled him to the side and I said, Hey bro, let me talk to you. And this was the first time somebody ever pulled me to the side yeah, too. So I pulled him as a promoter. I'm standing at the door. I, I know there's a little ruckus going on. They, they come to the door and they're like, yo, what's up? This and that. And I was like, no, nah, they good. Yeah. I'm, they're good. They're come on in. You guys are good. You guys are good. Hey, can I, can I speak to you real yeah. quick? So I, I went. Pioneer, look, because a lot of people, let me just take you back and build a scene. They wouldn't let us in because they felt like the security couldn't handle, you know, us if there was supposed to be a problem. So every time we would go to a club, we would say, either you're going to let us in or we're going to shut the club down. I mean, you know, when you're young, it, it makes more sense. It doesn't now. But when you go to the club, you're just like saying, look, I'm going to get in or we're going to shut this party down. So the first time, this is like maybe another party we went to. I seen Brandon and he said, hey, let me talk to you real quick. And he let all of me and all of my brothers in. And we're not used to that. So we were kind of looked around like, oh, wait, we can go in without any force. We were able to go in. So he let us all in. We had a good time. He pulled me to the side. And he goes, look, bro. He goes, let's just have a good time. Like, he kind of sat me down. And at that point, I was like, dude, this no one's ever done this to me. At this time, I'm in my early 20s. He says, bro, let's have a good time. And I'm tr trust me, you'll get into more clubs if you just have a good time. And I took that with me. And I, every time I would go out, I would go talk to the promoter. If I couldn't get into a club, I'd tell all my, my family, stay in the parking lot, let me go talk to the promoter. Yeah. And I mean, and it was always a thing where our conversation, I will go to the promoter and say, look, if you don't want no you know, fruckus, is that a word? Um, just let us in and we're going to have a good time. You might as well work with us and work yeah, against work, us. Exactly. And that work with us instead of against us attitude that we got going forward Turn look what we're doing today. I'm I'm doing festivals with twenty two thousand people. I'm because of that mindset. Yeah. Because of what Brandon had instilled into me that look if he and I'm not even gonna lie if he didn't tell me that I probably would have got arrested and 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 probably would have been a bad idea and going forward. But because of that interaction with Brandon, because of that mindset of him saying, "Hey, let me talk to you real quick," and pulling me to the side where I'm just kind of like, arr, arr, I was like, "Man, that's crazy how that one conversation turned into a friendship." Like for life, because after that it was, you know, we were there. It was good timing too, because we were the first people to get the, the two way. Oh yeah, we had the two way, the, the two, two way, way pagers, community little pages. Yeah, great. We're really dating ourselves you now. You can't do nothing but yeah. <laughs> so we were over there. So wasn't that many people, and I think we got it under KML's dime. Yeah, we got it under KML's uh, dime or something. And we had our little. Uh, it was a sidekick. It was a sidekick. Nah, before the sidekick, it was the little motor, the, the gray two, the one. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And we were able to hit each other before there was a party and before we even get in Where there. Where are you going? Where yeah. are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Brandon would hit me. He's like, where are you going? But that kind of turned it into where our friendship came along. We and we were saying, look, I, was, I, I, was, I would go to Brandon's parties and there would be DJs already there. And I would always think, Let me, I got to get on the mic to get it popping. Because I just felt, I mean, the cool, the, whoever was talking on the mic was cool, but I felt like I could get it more popping than them. And Brand, I would look at Brandon, he was like, mm, go, go ahead and do it. 
And I did that for a, a bunch of Brandon's parties and it started to get me hired. Other promoters like saying, hey, Cisco gets the party cracking. Hey, how much do you charge? And we go back to a story before where we didn't know what to charge back then. Oh, just give me a bottle and a hundred bucks. And now it turned into a business. Now the business mind of Brand One and Big Body Cisco were coming to say, okay, we did all this stuff. You did the grassroots of coming from graphic design. I was coming up in the ranks of what I was doing and I still didn't know what I wanted to do at that time, but I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment game. Yeah. And when I had crossed your path, we kind of crossed paths and we kind of went, we've been going ever since. And I think the growth of what you brought to the game and what it brought to the table with me was that you told me, look, if you do it the right way and without all the other bullshit, we can go a long way. And I think we did go a long way. And that's what we kind of, we got solidified our relationship and moving, you taught me to be more business minded. And I was teaching that going forward to everyone that I was around. Yeah. Hey, we don't got to fight. Hey, we don't got to yeah. fight to get in because it was like domino effect. Yeah. It was telling me one thing and it was kind of just transitioning to what I was telling the youngsters. Hey, we don't got to do that. Just go talk to the promoter. Tell them we're going to be cool. Yeah. And it's crazy how it goes full circle because we still to this day, now that social media is here, if social media was around back then, I probably would have got arrested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would have incriminated yourself so quick. But we adapted. And yeah. I think the adaptability as us, as a unit, you were saying, hey, let me just manage you. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know what a manager was at the time. I was like, hey, bro, people keep asking me how much I charge. I mean, you he, he bypassed so much. I think... For for us, we we did a lot of events together. Yeah, we really focused. We were doing like Pro Bowl events in Hawaii. I'm we talking doing, about huge events. I'm talking doing, about Pro Bowl, uh, Hawaii. We're doing NBA All Star. NBA All Star in, in Vegas. The Vegas. only NBA All Star in, in Vegas. Vegas. It, it was grand opening, grand closing. Yeah, we had we had a great some great events. Yeah. We had some bad events too, but we had some great events. I mean, the thing about about us, um, or you know, being independent. To, to still be doing it right now is because you have to be able to take the ups, the downs with the oh, ups. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you, have to be able to, you have to be able, like you said earlier, you got to be able to pivot. And that's just something that I've always been able to do. Like, yeah. I don't dwell on the problem. I, I dwell on solving it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when there's an issue, we just got to make sure we pivot yeah. to make it you know work out for us. And so we did a lot of stuff. We, yeah. did, we, we started Big Body Radio together. Absolutely. Actually, Cisco started Big Body Radio and then I think um, I didn't really know what was going on. And but it takes us back to the branding. Yeah. I wanted to start Big Body Radio, and I didn't know how to brand. And I was like, let me get with Brand One because I remember your logo on the flyers. It was going back to say, hey, bro, how can I brand? And this is when you were coming up saying, look, I did a lot of graphic design stuff for flyers, for, for nightclubs, for clothing brands. This is how you brand it. So that's when we got together. I said, dude, just partner with me on Big Body Radio. You do all the branding, and I'll do everything I else. didn't even know what it was, to be yeah. honest with you. I really didn't know what he was into. I didn't know who he was teaming up. He was teaming up with Miss Shout Ms. out Miss K, man. Who was a great asset yeah. for and you know, the great uh, the soil that planned the seed. But I think, like... Yeah, I think when I was able to come in and do the branding, it. I I feel like when you know, like you say, not to toot my own horn. Yeah. But I can always make businesses look bigger than they are. And that's what you always done. Yeah. Because it was because of the branding, he would design logos for companies that didn't have logos, and they were like saying, "Hey, let me just do this logo for you." And people didn't know the importance of a logo, which they should know by today. But once you had a logo, that was your brand. That was your, like, if you look at my logo that now. That was the beginning of your brand, for sure. If you look yeah. at this logo on the back of, of right here, this is, Brandon did this logo as well. Both of them. If you see the Big Body Cisco logo, he did this logo right here, the I Western Conference yeah. one. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's all coming full circle. Every branding aspect you see in this room, Brandon did it. And it came from you, San Francisco State, 
pop saying, hey, there's this computer graphic design thing going on. And, and being, like you said, and being from the city and being an entrepreneurial spirit and, yeah. and being independent and fending for yourself and not wanting to fail. It's all those things. Yeah. Right? You're a product of your environment. So, you know, I, I would really not change anything in my yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, you know, even from, for me to see where you're at and where yeah. you've grown in the last, you know, even two years since the pandemic... Yeah. Is huge, so I give you props. I always want the best for you. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what. Yeah. And uh, I think like appreciate that. I think what we did with Big Body Radio was huge because we didn't know how what we were doing. Yeah. But no bullshit, we were getting a million downloads a month. And say it again, B. We started this podcast. Um, it was a FCC free radio, mm -hmm. and I told Brandon, I said, look, I want to do this podcast because I didn't want to do mainstream radio. I wanted to kind of have my own free will to do what I wanted to do. So this FCC free radio thing was there and he was doing other shows. It was other shows that were early podcasting days. And I went in there and I did a show with the music that I like, feel good music. We coined it feel good music. Anything that felt good. We well, coined what, it. Yeah, we coined it. To this we day, I can tell that. people, feel good music <laughs> came from Big Body, Cisco and Brandon, but that's because of my love of music. So now when we did that, the owner of the station, shout out John at FCC free radio, who's like, dude, what are you guys doing? And he thought we were, like, we were using bots. He thought we were using bots. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? He goes, you guys have almost 750,000 downloads on, on your show. So he goes, oh, you guys are using a thing. He goes, oh, Brandon must be you know, flipping the system. We're like, nah. The next month comes, he comes into the, uh, the studio and he's like, you guys are shitting me. You guys have a hundred. You guys have a million downloads of your show, and we're like, wait, 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 what? We ain't making no money. What yeah. the hell's going on here? We ain't here? making no <laughs> money from this. So Brandon took it upon himself. It was like, dude, let me look into this. You know, if we have a million downloads, it obviously means How something. How do we make money? So Brandon yeah. went and did his research and was like, dude, do we get paid off the download? Did the whole research. And just to come to find out, since we were a, a show that used music, we were behind the eight ball because it was all copywritten music. So we couldn't use the show as how we wanted it for the download, but, but, so we got screwed. But that's how we, we didn't get screwed because we pivoted, right? Yeah. So at that point when we started, we didn't, we didn't, uh, um, we didn't rely on other formats to be able to do what we did. Yes. We created our own app. Yeah. We we figured out how to take MP3s and make them clickable to listen to and that were trackable. Go back to that. When he says we started our own app, we had our big body radio app when people this is before people were doing it on iPhones, but we had an app and it was called Big Body Radio and we were saying, "Look, the consumer wants one click." So we wanted to make sure we told the developer at the time, "Hey, we want them to click it and you have our show." And and we just said it was the we were doing that as we were coming up, we were just kind of learning because we, we couldn't get on by. Apple. Yeah, we couldn't get on Apple. We couldn't get on all these platforms. That we couldn't get on Spotify. Make, them, make us bigger. Yeah, but it was because of the music. But what did I tell you back then? I look. I'm gonna tell you this now. <laughs> Brandon told me he goes. I don't know why you want to do the music shows. They want to just hear your personality. And this is you know he was like podcasting is it. And at the time I'm just like bro, nobody wants to listen to my voice. You know what I mean? Which today, that's what podcasting is. But I just, me and him fought tooth and nail to this day. And I said, I love the music. I'm going to play the music. And, it's, and I fought him. He'll tell you. And he said, dude, the future of podcasting is your personality. And which I should have listened because if I would have listened at that time, we probably would have been billionaires right now. <laughs> but, hey, just, but, but, but really, like, if you listen to your show, like, at the end of the day, people can get your music anywhere. Yeah. That and he music, kept telling well, me Well, they that couldn't too. get the music anywhere because you were um, spotlighting a lot of people. And you, we actually were around with a lot of these um, artists were coming up. We were yeah. coming up at the same time as long as, and, and as well as Sav's coming up. It was, yeah. it was a great time. And I think um, 
but yeah, I felt like uh, if we had to jump that hurdle of getting away from the music, they would have still listened to you. Yeah. And they are and now. That's something I could have. I mean, now that I'm in the podcasting world and now that I could see what Brandon's seen like, what, 10 years ago, it was just like, man, we don't get no money off the copywritten music that we're using. But I was trying to like kind of give light. We tried. We tried. <laughs> Brandon tried. And I'm going to No, we tell tried you to make money. I mean, yeah. to be honest, we still have the catalogs. Yeah, we uh, still have the catalog of all the shows. But it was because I, w- I wanted to give artists who, d- who couldn't get on the mainstream stations a chance. And then, you know, Brandon being devil's advocate was like, bro, that, that's cool and all, but it's your personality that's going to drive this show. Which today, Western Conference, that's what we're doing now. But it just shows you what the pioneer and such an innovator he was because it goes back to where you're at now. It gives us full circle to where we did the Savs thing. I'm talking about we skipped over a lot of things because a lot of stuff. Yeah. His, his clothing brand, shout out Mike Lewanik from Savs. Like all that came about because we were making World Series towels, World Series shirts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I know you guys, I know Mike touched on it um, on his podcast. Yeah. And it was funny watching that because I was like, man, I felt like I was in the room. With yeah. you guys, because I was like, you know, and and you know, Mike actually hit me up after. He was like, "Man, it's crazy to think how much of." I, I think Mike has way more to speak about yeah. than just what me and him did. Oh no, absolutely! But, Shout out to brother but, Mike, man. But we did, but we did, um, we did come up together. You know, um, I had a little bit of a head start, but man, he he's 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 so strong right now. Yeah. it's crazy. So. So, you know, all I can do is give props to him. But, um, yeah, we're doing Mojo Labs, yeah. which is something I, I still focus on. And um, I think the Manny Pacquiao stuff that I really That's had. what we got to go back to, man. So when we talk about graphic design, how so you were, you were designing T-shirts. And Brandon and, and Mike Lewanik from Savs. Everything, but yeah. And this was the Manny Pacquiao stint because he was the, the hottest boxer in the world. Um, he was a Filipino descent. Which everyone thought you was so. <laughs> so well, so when so when Mike came to me and, and told me he's like, bro, I got it, I know what we need to do. And Mike was working working at a a corporate company at that time. Yeah. And then he was like, he's like, we got to do um, a shirt from Manny Pacquiao. And I yeah. was like, Manny Pacquiao. I was like, the the boxer. Yeah. And it's crazy because I saw him in his first fight in America. Listen which up, at kids. San Francisco. Listen to this. It was uh-huh. in San Francisco at Civic Center. Yeah. And he was just an undercard, and that card, that fight was the fight of the night. Now I can't even remember who the 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 main card was. I think it was Cesar Chavez. At Cow Palace, they, right? No, it was at it was at uh, Civic Center. Oh, okay, got it, got it. And yeah. I remember my oldest son was was one month old. It was my first day out. Regardless, yeah. Whatever. So I seen Manny fight, and I was like, I go, "What are you talking about, bro?" Yeah. And he was like, "Bro, the Filipinos are on him. Yeah. Like they love him." So I was like. I was just like, you know, I don't know if I just trusted him or he showed me something. I don't, I don't remember, but his instincts were on point as usual as they still are. Yeah. And uh, he, he basically said, let's do this. Yeah. And then he just kind of guided my skills yeah. in a way that I think it worked. What he brought to the table and what I brought to the table together we just had that mojo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had that mojo. Hence the name Mojo Labs. We had that mojo. You get that mojo and cook something up, and yeah. we would just cook stuff up, and it was that Manny Pacquiao stuff. And and it was huge to the point he told the story, so I'm not going to tell the story, but, uh, you know, we we definitely became friends with Manny, and, um, you know, we 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 were alongside him for a lot of the fights. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jackie, too. She was an integral part. But um, it just goes from someone saying, like Mike said, hey, bro, this, this dude Manny Pacquiao, that no one knew at the time. Yeah. He's going to be the, the guy. Filipinos knew. 
Filipinos knew which, which, yeah. which the world didn't yet. Yeah. And when you guys said, let's go into this by making Manny Pacquiao shirts and kind of doing the whole thing that you guys did with them, and then he blew up. And then it was just like, okay, and long story short, Nike was like, okay, he's big, we'll take him now. <laughs> yeah, I think he was always with Nike. You know, um, I did have uh, some interactions with Nike too, and they, they kind of wanted uh, to see if we wanted to submit designs when yeah. they really were going to focus on it, um, which we didn't because I was trying to make it more of a collab thing, yeah. which they wouldn't do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was big. But it spawned it off into doing the Manny Pacquiao stuff into the 49er stuff because we still went back to doing, you know, the legend shirts and the Frank Gores and all these. So there's a lot of the, stuff we did, but yeah. I think the reason why we were successful because you know, there's there's a you can get into an industry, but you kind of need a blueprint. Yes. And I don't even know if the blueprint is is teachable. Yeah. To to everyone, so I just think that. Between myself and Mike, we just had it in us to really go hard and go and just like you and me when we did events and everything we did with Big Body Radio, we would be the guy setting up the background and the the banners to sweeping after <laughs> to every Cleaning single up, part yeah. into it to brainstorming on what's going to be the next thing, and if you do that, you get very invested. Yeah. To be that invested, you must have passion. We talked about yeah. passion. And passion is doing something that you like. Yeah. Right? So doing if you're having you love. If you're yeah. if you're having fun on that journey, it's easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when we would do stuff like that, when we do any of our projects, it's like when you and me do any of our projects, when you have a passion doing it, is it's really easy. But you have to be willing to do every single part of it. So if that means these guys we hired to go do the inventory didn't show up. Yeah. Well, guess who's doing the inventory? We are. We are. <laughs> well, um, hey, guys, we don't even have change to sell these shirts. Can someone go two miles down the road, to walk the bank. Yeah. to go get it? Yeah. Go. Go do it. It was and the, it was the hard, it. it was the grunt work that people didn't want to do. And, I, and I'm glad the that the kids work. are watching now because there's no shortcuts to success. I and know. I think that's what happens with us where I remember it was Las Vegas NBA All-Star. We were, it was called the Empire Room. Was it Empire Room? And we were hanging up banners. And I remember falling from hanging up a banner and I twisted my ankle. And I was like, dude, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? We should have somebody doing this. We're throwing this party. Why? And that right there kind of just taught us to say, look, if we do all the hard work, the, the fruits of the labor is going to come with it. Well, what was crazy, too, is that when we were hanging up the banners, there was the, uh, the head, the event coordinator from Club Love in, D in Washington, D.C. Yeah. They had the venue on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, or Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday night. We had it on Thursday. We were there Thursday setting up. They were already bringing in, this lady had a clipboard and telling all the people, do you haul back? Oh, they had a whole team. <laughs> and then they were like, who's doing the party today? Oh, we are. Yeah. And you guys are hanging up the banners too? And they gave us a lot of props, but I remember, you know, I don't remember. It was the, Kenny Smith and all them too. Yeah, but I don't know. The guys who ran Club Love were huge. Yeah. Huge in, in the nightclub industry. But they came to our party. They went out to promote because you had to do the grassroots, hand-to-hand yep. -hand stuff. And they came back that Thursday and were like, you guys had the most poppinest party tonight. The whole NBA also. Yeah, yeah exactly. We had a good party. We yeah. Had, we had DJ we had, Unk. We DJ had Unk Rich, and Boy. Rich Boy. Yeah. And all the um, KML um, staff was involved. Yeah. And it was just a great party. So, you know, I know we're jumping back and forth, but yeah. Yeah, but it, and it, it just goes back to the resume you of what do we're it talking all. about. You got to do you it You have all. to do it all because if you don't do it all, the, whatever part you're missing on not doing it all, that's going to be the downfall of getting to where you need to be. So you got to be willing to do it all. Yes. But do you have to do it all? I'd say now, for me, no. I've, I've changed a lot, especially in this last couple of years. Yeah. Where I think before, I, it's hard to, to, 
to kind of assign other people to do stuff, to relinquish control or, you know, delegate. Yeah. But I think now I think it's, it's just a different way for me that I do business and I think of. So I would say you don't have to do it all, yeah. but the person doing it needs to be the right person who knows what they're doing. So just because it's your friend doesn't mean yeah. they know what they're doing. I say that again, know. B, because just because they're your friend doesn't mean you can let them shortcut anything, anything that you're doing, especially if you're doing it together. If it's their expertise. Yeah, that's if true. If it's their expertise, yeah. if I need an MC, who do I hire? Exactly. If I need a DJ, I know who I hire. If yeah. I need someone to, to handle production, I know who I hire. Where their strengths were at. And then so I'm involved in multiple businesses that require certain skilled or positions that have strength. That's not yeah. something we're teaching someone out of high school. Yeah. So I always go back and give a job to someone that I, that I know first and foremost. Now, if there's no one who could do it, I'm still, and I can't do it. Yeah. Then I will go and find the right person. But Come you on, have, kids. You have to have the right people involved, man. These like, are nuggets that brand one is telling y'all because I think in the game now with social media now, I think me and you had a transition to the social media world where like saying, okay, instead of handing out flyers to a hundred people, we could just post a flyer and it could hit a thousand people. How did you transition from graphic design from the grassroots that you came from into the social media world? Was it easy for you or was it a challenge for you as well? So, I mean, I, I got to say, like, social media is not my strong point. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I had a private account up until, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I missed the boat on getting, like, a lot of followers. Yeah. I, I'm still kind of old that way where I don't, I don't necessarily care. Yeah. Um, I don't do stuff for Instagram. I use for the Instagram. gram. I use Instagram as a tool. Absolutely. And I use it as the tool that I feel comfortable using it for. So you won't look, you'll see a transition up a couple of years ago from yeah. my post. If you went back on my post and look at like beginning of January 20, um, you know, January 2021. Yeah. Or around there, you'll see a, a transition where I went from kind of giving gems out, mm -hmm. feeling like I need to give gems to people and my followers, yeah. which I didn't have that many. To focusing more on what I'm that I'm focusing on now is is my own merchandise. Yes. Um, and, and so by using it as a tool, I use it as a tool, yeah. but I don't use it as the funnel. Does that make sense? Is, yeah. Is that the right word? But that because that so, brings me back to where a lot of these kids are using social media just to use it. And I tell people to this day, if you use social media the right way as a tool for your brand, for what you're selling, for whatever thing that you're doing. That is the perfect tool that if you use it the right way, kids. So, and when you say right way, I, I, I got to tell people, like, you got to realize that Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Snapchat, TikTok, yeah. they, had, they offer different elements that what they do is they're actually owning a part of your business. Yes. So I can use, I, I now sell merchandise, but I do not use Instagram to sell my merchandise. Yeah. You I use to promote Instagram it. to promote to get on what I own to get my merchandise. So Got I it. have my own, um, I have an SMS text thread, so I have a VIP yeah. list. So if you go to at Mojo Brandon, you click and get on my VIP list, you'll get a text every time I release something. Yeah. And that's the best way to get a chance to get some of my products, which, which um, I've been fortunate enough that I have high demand. But if I used Instagram, I would actually have to pay them for more people to see that. Got it. To, to be yeah. able to purchase my... To run know, the ads to, and do all and this And I'm stuff. not going to do that. So, you know, there's an algorithm that happens that doesn't allow all your people to see what you're, your, what you're posting. What yeah. you post. So, um, and then, no, also, if you ever use Instagram and, and, and run ads, they're actually going to 
from what I understand, they're going to actually take away some of your views yeah. to make you rely on the post, um, the paying that for the advertisement. Because it all goes back to what you're wanting to get on, on these ads. Um, are, you, are you promoting a show? Like I use it to promote the Western Conference podcast. I use it to promote whatever show that I'm a part of because I think that aspect of it, if you do it the right way that I tell these people all the time is that there's some ads you can run that'll always be on something. That if you guys are trying to promote something, like I see people just to promote their page just to get more followers. But if you do it the right way, you say, okay, I want to use this tool as Instagram, as Facebook, to say, hey, guys, come check out the Western Conference podcast on YouTube and all you know platforms because it can use it can be used as that promotional tool if you do it because you being in the, the apparel game. You coming up with the 415 stuff, we're going to get into that as well. This is an intricate part of just another aspect and another avenue of how to get to your product, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, what's key is that you make sure you're being repetitive on what you're saying instead of focusing on one instance. Yeah. So if you're telling people to go um, watch your podcast on YouTube and that's a repetitive thing that you're saying or go listen to your um, Love Jones podcast at this time, Yeah. that's repetitive, so it's not dated, right? But if I'm like... Come, um, come buy this one shirt. Yeah. And this is how you do it, right? Get in this contest to win this one shirt. The now. The now, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you're going to be limited on how many people see it. So if I'm repetitive in what I'm saying, then obviously the people seeing it will hear it a lot. Got it. But also if someone new sees it, it's still, I'm still consistent on yeah. what I'm talking about, yep. which for me is to get on my VIP list. Yeah. Um, so, and then also knowing that I own my VIP list. So no one, I'm not going to use, so I see a lot of people doing this, subscriptions on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't know much about it, yeah. but I do know is it's a, it's going to be something that I'm going to have to charge for and they're going to manage. Yeah. I'd rather, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do something that I own and I manage. And that you control and you manage. Exactly. That, that, absolutely. That control. So, yeah. and, and, and basically get them better value and just being exclusive has something to say with. If everyone's doing the same thing, yes, you need to be on it, but you don't always have to do it the same way yeah. as the next way. Everything doesn't work for everyone. No, absolutely. You different know? strokes for different folks. Yeah, exactly. But tell yeah. us how that transitions into your own brand that you got now. So um, in January of 2021, you know, uh, was it 2020? Yeah, I guess last January 2021, I decided to, so the pandemic hit a lot of people, including yeah. myself. And, you know, it was just hard, 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 you know, way to earn like I was used to earning. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I got to fall back on my roots. Yeah. And I was like, you know, telling people, hey, if you need any designs, let me know. And that was just really awkward because I wasn't designing yeah. for anyone. Right. And uh, except for the bigger clients I had. And um, excuse me. And then um, so what happened at that time was I decided to relaunch my clone line. And with the assistance with Mike from Savs, yeah. who already had a machine going, yeah. was able to help me. Make an easier transition to get back out through e-commerce. Yeah, through his e-commerce, um, the way he did it, he kind of gave me a, a, a blueprint and he offered me some of his services that mm -hmm. he already had kind of Built figured in, out. Yeah. So it worked out, and for me, it was like, do I start a new brand? Do I do Mojo Labs? Do I? What do I do? And I was like, I got a brand. Yeah, it's not Mojo Labs. It's Brandon Murillo. Absolutely, it's myself. And it's funny because it was like, you know, I've been known as many, you know, a few names: Mojo Brandon, Brand One, Brand One, B1, yeah whatever, but I was like, I want to be, you know, if I'm going to continue my legacy, I think it should be by my name. So it's really interesting. If you go Google, anyone out there, if you go Google yourself, yeah, what comes up? Yeah. Because I'll tell you one thing, your DUIs and all that, those might come up. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's all you have popping up, yeah. domestic violence, I mean, what do you yeah. got? Like, what pops up when you yeah, put your what, name what in there? What pops up? Something you did, like, 
you're a, a winner on some raffle or something, yeah. what comes up? And so if I'm thinking about branding, the most important thing to do is brand yourself. Yeah. Right. And so when I'm now thinking about coming out with, uh, with clothing, like, what am I going to do? Create a new brand from scratch yeah. and, and tell people how cool it is. And try to and why familiarize them with a new name. Yeah, explain absolutely. It to them. No, I was just like, Brand Murillo. You can Google me already. I'm yeah. on Discogs. Yeah. I know what I've done in my, my life. I'm on, you know, there's different things you can Google me on. And um, that's strange to say, but I'm just saying that's, that was my yeah. thinking going into it. So I just came out with, you know, it was all under Brandon Murillo and um, I have a website. Yeah. And I just, I just run it off that and uh, it, it's, it's just easy. And then, so I was lucky enough to use Mike from SAS platform to aid me to become successful again in yeah. clothing. Because I wasn't doing it. Yeah. I wasn't doing it. And um, that was due to the pandemic as well because everyone kind of stopped what they were doing at that point, right? Yeah, and I think online shopping was easy. And yeah. I, I just wanted to figure out how to make it the easiest. Yeah. And the easiest for me is, you know, get on my VIP. You're going to get a link for you yeah. to shop the second it becomes available. And tell them what the website is since we're here. I mean, you can go to mojo-labs.com or just brandonmurio.com. Yeah. And I remember, so when you go to brandonmurio.com, remember there was a time where we talk about us coming up where Brandon was buying website names by the dozens. If something was hot on TV, so one that he had got was uh, the, from the 49ers won the fifth Super Bowl. He was like, okay, we're in the playoff on again. We're in the Super Bowl. He bought Quest for six. And it was like little things. He was, I was like, dude, what are you doing? I still, and that's, I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but like all S-I-X these SIX and uh, yeah. the number six. I want to buy. But he, he kind of put me up on game. It was like, these websites, people are going to want these. And that was like a whole little another side hustle. But I only sold one in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I only sold one, not for that much. You know, it was, it was kind of to a, a partnership when I was a partner and they wanted to own it outright. Yeah. So that didn't really work out. And I had some good ones, but yeah, I still own Quest for Six. Um, I don't want to jinx. The Niners, so I'm I'm kind of staying away from Nah, G, right no, now. G, we going this year, right? Yeah, we see. Uh, <laughs> He's a Saints fan, so we'll go ahead and let that go. But that was, great, that was a great game, by the way. And it's crazy because was it four shutouts? <laughs> Don't, because Georgia started going on and on about it. But now we have Brandon Muriel, the brand, and now it, what I would tell you when it comes full circle, because tell us what you're doing now, what your so, actual I mean, position is now, what got you to where you at. So I mean, I think one of the main, one of the big changes in my life, or progressions, I like to call it, in my life, was um, to actually get my first job. Yeah, and, so, and this is crazy for me because this coming for somebody that was so independent for so long, to say this is why I call it a full circle moment because we were we were like taboo jobs back. That was like our hustle every time. I was like, I'm not working on nine to five. I'm not working a nine to five. And it came back to this moment, but when when he goes to tell you what this nine to five is now, tell us how that even came about. So I mean, I was um I was actually promoting my first release in January of 2020, the Hustlin' Hoodie, which was a actually a, a le- the first independent clothing I did yeah. outside of Sucker Free was mm-hmm. this Hustlin' shirt. Hustlin'. So yep. I decided it was it was this milestone. I was like, I'm gonna re-release it as a hoodie. Yeah. So I started being like. I got to give it to the key people in the city. How we always did. So I like went and texted all these people. And one of them, I was looking at my thing and I was like, oh, I got to give it to my boy Ghazi. Yeah. He's doing big things over there at Empire. Shout out Ghazi. Yeah, shout out Ghazi. And, and, and what I did is I texted him and he hit me back. He's like, what is this? Yeah. I can, I can imagine Ghazi. <laughs> what is this? I was like, oh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm re-released that design I used to do and I'm going to do it as a hoodie. I just want to throw it. I want to send you it. Yeah. He's like, oh, shoot, that's, that's dope. You know, here's the address. He's like, 
He hits me up a little, 10 minutes later. He's like, bro, I need you. He texts me. I'm about to put this job up and it's you. Yeah. He was like, it's you. Like, I don't need to put this job listing up, have my human source put up. Crazy. You're the, you're the one I need. And Crazy. I like, what are you talking about? Bro? Yeah. He's like, I need a designer that helps with our merch in our brand new merch department. Yeah. And we're talking empire. And, this is a big deal. Yeah. an empire, you know, you guys can, you know, look what empire is. And, and he was like, and I started learning more about Ghazi at that point, because even though I've been friends with him for 20 years, yeah. I kind of helped him when he, he, he had his, um, when he worked for other companies yeah. and then he had his own company of, uh, of doing um, CDs up yeah. and, up the CDs. And, and doing all that. And um, I watched him in empire, which I wasn't really ever aided in. And then yeah. he hit me up and I was like, nah, bro, like I don't, yeah. I don't work for no one. I'm good. So that was your initial reaction to it. That was to my initial yeah. action, right? And then guys was like, um, so he's like, I don't know, you know, I don't know the time constraints of this, but he was like, can I call you? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll go call me. And he hits me up and I don't know where he is. Right. And he, he's like talking to me with all this passion. Yeah. How I do to people, you know, when I'm yeah. excited too. B you're from San Francisco too. Yeah. Like, bro, I need you. This job is made for you. Just, just, you know, just take a chance and this and that. I'll make it up. You know, yeah. you'll be worth it. You won't like, regret it. And I was stuff. like, yeah. yeah, bro. Like, ah, you're saying you're throwing a lot of stuff at me and maybe, you know, put it in writing or whatever. And let me see what you're talking about. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. But right now, now I'm not interested. Yeah. So I get like a mail, you know, maybe that was a Friday or a Thursday or I don't know when it was, but I get this uh, email and I get this, I get a job offer. Yeah. Never seen a job offer in my life. Exactly. <laughs> Never applied for a job in my life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I look at, I open, I don't even think I opened it. Yeah. I didn't even open it. I was busy. I wasn't really busy too. It was during the pandemic. And yeah. I was kind of like not trying to look at it. And I think I opened it. No, the girl from human resources either called me or emailed me like, Hey, you didn't sign your job offer. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even take the job. Yeah. What job? What are you go, talking about? I go, yeah. what are you talking about? So what happened was she, uh, so I was like, let me look it over and I'll, I'll let you know. I'll hit you back. So I actually, um, opened it up. And I took a look at it and I was like, I didn't understand it. Yeah. So I was like, I hit up Ghazi and I was like, we got, can we have a meeting like yeah. face to face in person? He was like, yeah, let's have that. So I think that Thursday I went, went and talked to him and, and Renee George. Yeah. Shout um, out Renee. Who's, who's actually um, another one of my partners. I like to call them partners, not yeah. bosses or coworkers, my other partners. And, and that's, I feel like what, how Ghazi actually refers to yep. us as well. Um, and I had a meeting with them too at the, um, at the studio, at the, uh, the world famous Empire Studios. And Ghazi was just like, B, whatever you need, I'll say yes to. Yeah. Let's go. And I was like, so it's like one of those things where they make you an offer you can't refuse. That's yeah. what happened. So my That's crazy. My actually my title at that point was staff designer, which I come in at a pretty low level, which that's why I felt comfortable yeah. coming in. I, I actually was what the job was, I yeah. think. He was like, yeah, you're, you're way, you have more expertise than this, but this is the job. I was like, nah, bro. Like, I don't know how to do the corporate yeah. thing. I don't even know how this works. I don't even we know, don't know how, how to, this whole structure is done. I don't know how done. to keep yeah. my mouth shut sometimes. Yeah. And he, I said, so it's perfect. So I came in, I think within three months, I got moved up to senior designer, but I'm in the merchandise department, which yeah. is a great thing. It's a great fit for me. I kind of yeah. told them I didn't want to do album covers and, and billboards and, all that stuff. And you're so, basically just designing the merch for so the artists. I, I actually feel like I'm, uh, my title is senior designer, but yeah. I definitely, um, 
don't necessarily design every piece of merch that comes through, but yeah. I definitely production design it. So I definitely have to take what's given to us. If we didn't design it, if they outsource design or they came with design, yeah. I have to get it ready to be able to be an actual um, uh, sellable product. And that's crazy because when I say full circle, you go back to your San Francisco State days where Pops put that that seed in you about being a graphic designer. Now to be the senior designer at Empire, one of the hugest record labels in the world right now, mm -hmm. for a boy, uh, for our boy Gazi, who we've known for years, and now he's one of the most powerful people in the music industry. That's what I talk about when we say it goes full circle. Because we've done what we did, you came up through the ranks as doing through, through the graphic and all the hustling, and it goes back to a San Francisco brand, San Francisco home, where Empire is located at, and now look at what you're doing. You know what's even more crazy is first full circle. I'm lying. I did have another job. Yeah. My first job out of, I don't know how old it was, maybe out of high school. My mom worked at a 235 Pine Street. I'm not going to name the company. Yeah. And she got me a job in the mail room. So I worked <laughs> in the mail room. I was a weed smoker. Yeah. So it was perfect. <laughs> so we were doing mail room for this big financial company. And that's yeah. all I did. I think I did it for the summer. My office right now. I don't even know if I should say where the office is yeah. for Empire. Is that 235 Pine? We have, wow. the, we, have the pen, we have the penthouse. So I work in the top floor of that building. That you were working in the mail room in. I was working Get in the mail the room. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. So it was crazy. And you know, and all these things come to you and you like, you try to figure it out. Yeah. But like you said, you know, just stuff, it, it all, it, it revolves and you got to embrace it and you got to know how to pivot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and what's crazy about working there, which I have a great team. These guys I work with is a great team. That's crazy. And the one thing people need to know about our team at Empire, you all you all the artists out there that are that are on our um, roster, is that you got an all-star team when it comes to merch. Absolutely. I don't think you understand that the level of ability and expertise on every department within um, the merch department, they're all all-stars. Yeah. You know, these people came from some of the biggest touring companies, uh, managed some big hip-hop artists. Um, have been in the streets as far as um, in the movement and the culture of San Francisco. Uh, creatively have been in, you know, in charge of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you have all of that, that Ghazi assembled, like an all-star team for merch that I wish some of them would actually understand that because it would be a great thing. Yeah. Another thing is that, you know, when, when we see posts um, on Instagram and they, they give credit to like the photographer. Yeah. Or they give credit to the producer of the track. Yeah. They don't give credit to these people who do the merch. Ever. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> which is fine. I, I'm not an ego-driven guy. Yeah. But I really believe that if they understood the all-star caliber of, of uh, you know, um, executives or, exe yeah. or these creatives that we have in this, in this merch department, uh, man, we kill it. Yeah. And, and to name drop, uh, name drop a little, like my first project there was Babyface Ray from Detroit, who's a, who was a more of a local artist two years ago in that region is a huge artist. Now. Yeah. And some of the San Francisco artists that I've been able to work with is people like Larry June. Yeah. Shout out and, Larry June, and, man. And on top of that, I was, I was able to work on um, Aaliyah. Yeah. Aaliyah's whole catalog and everything from Blackground. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the kind of people that I'm working with, um, you know, that we're working with right now, Babytron and, and Lucky, like these are huge, huge artists that, that are doing very well, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed I'm even yeah. able to touch their projects. And that just so. goes back to what we were saying too. You keep, because everything's, in my, in my thinking nowadays, everything was written. 
what you're doing now, what you what you came from, how you came up, and how you know you went through the whole maneuvers of doing it. Yeah. That's why I call it full circle. And now we're here on my Western Conference podcast and we're talking about everything we came from. And I still think to this day, we're still just touching the surface of what we're capable of. So sure. for somebody that's watching this podcast before we get about here, what is your advice to that kid who's smoking weed right now, working in the mail room? What is your advice to that kid? Nothing comes without hard work. I don't care what you think. Yeah. The hard work is what changes the game, right? So someone can throw you a bone. That's the easy part. It's what you do with it. What are you yeah. going to take that bone and do with it? Like you have to take it to the next level. Have high goals and then have milestones in, in between. And, and your goals need to be high. If I was to raise, if I wanted to save, you've heard this before, we want to save a million dollars, uh, sorry, $10,000. I don't say I'm going to save $10,000. Yeah. Because stuff's going to happen in the time that you're going to have to take out a couple thousand here, thousand here, whatever's going to happen. That 10000 never hits. Let's raise a million dollars. Yeah. Then you're going to definitely save that 10000 plus. So, I mean, it's just hard work. I mean, um, you got to think of it that um, you're always striving for progression. So if you, everything's not going forward and you're progressing, then you're plateauing or you're declining. Come on. But plateauing is just as bad as a decline. Yeah. People get so comfortable. And that, that was the one thing uh, I had against working for a company is you're still an employee. You got to make yourself valuable, right? Are you valuable there? Yep. And if, you're, and if you did get let go, are you comfortable where you're at away from them? Yeah. So progression is key. Come on. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things, you know, I, we don't have enough time to talk yeah. about. But yeah, I mean, progression, always progression. Come on, man. If you're not progressing, you're doing yourself a disservice. But, man, we had to have this conversation. It's been a long time coming, and we've been friends for over 20 years. And to just give the kids a little bit of what our upbringing was and to see where we're still at today, we're just getting started. Sure. Shout out my brother, Brandon Muriel. Look for BrandonMuriel.com. Brandon, is that what's at the website? Yeah. Work. Go there right now. Go order you some 415 gear. But other than that, thank you, brother, for coming through. Right on, bro. I love you. Love you, brother, love man. What you're doing. And we'll see you guys on the next one, Western Conference Podcast. Peace. Peace.